podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of the Burning Question series by Fantasy Football Scout. In this series, Harry and I, Sonaldo, talk about the key hot topics for the week. Harry, it was a very eventful Premier League weekend. Um, unfortunately, I did not have Watkins in my team for some reason, uh, but we moved. Uh, we have a quick turnaround deadline coming up in, I think, tomorrow. So uh, excited to get the ball rolling again. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm. I'm good, thank you. It was a roller coaster week, as it always is in FPL at the moment. It feels like nothing is simple. Um, but yeah, I did end up on a green arrow. Um, Sunday went pretty well for me, Captain Harland, um, and had Watkins as well. So happy with it. But yeah, FPL back again tomorrow. I love the quick turnaround, but it does mean that it's a bit chaotic. Yeah, yeah. So today, guys, what we're going to do is uh, take a look at our scores, um, then talk about the fixtures just a little bit. Uh, then I have a really nice chart by FPL MF Doom uh, based on home and attacking team stats uh, by Fantasy Football Scout, by the way, stats from Fantasy Football Scout. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about keeper situation a little bit, uh, as well mm-hmm. as going to Arsenal and then Q&A at the end. So, you know, a lot of similar topics that we've covered in the previous couple of weeks, but I think it'll be good to just continue to talk about it, Harry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's hopefully some time at the end for some Q&A. Because um, yeah, as you say, it feels like we've covered like a reasonable amount of things. It happens when there's like fixture swings and blanks and doubles and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll have a bit of a Q&A at the end, but some nice things to discuss and it feels like keepers are rearing their head again. Yeah, for sure. So I think my thing is a little off, but first things first, uh, welcome to the 69 Club. Uh We've been hitting that number quite a bit this season, but... It was like every week one of us has had it. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, tell me about your week. How, how'd it go? Yeah. So, I mean, Saturday came and things didn't go too well. So I had Saka, uh, Gabriel, and then Mbomo to play on, on Saturday. And I thought eight from Saka was good. Gabriel to Mbomo five. And then Livermento came in with a seven. But... When Trippier's banging a 12-pointer and Gordon's getting, I think, 9 or 10, which is whatever he got, I was a bit like, ah, I just feel like maybe he's not quite good enough. But he did play really well. We'll talk about Livermento in a little bit more detail, maybe, about... I'm a bit concerned about his minutes midweek. Um, But that was okay. I was on a red arrow going into it. And, of course, I benched Charlie Taylor. Um, To be fair, it was him versus Livermento. And... There's only a three-point swing in it. And to be honest, I look back on it and I still feel like I made the right decision. I might not have got the right outcome, but still quite happy with the decision I made there. Watkins 11, I decided to keep him. More by luck than judgment, really. I had Bowen, who I literally had no update on, and I just didn't want to keep holding a player who I thought might be injured. So I sold him to buy Bukai Saka, and then I had Diaby as well, who I know I didn't want, and I did want Palmer not knowing that he had a knock. So I did those two moves. So selling Watkins would have had to have been a minus four, mm-hmm. which just didn't sit right when it came down to it. If it had been for free, I probably would have done it. And Solanke would have been the striker that I would have gone to, who did score and does continue to be a good option, does continue to tick along nicely. But yeah, I'm glad I didn't, of course, with Watkins getting his 11, but it would have been Solanke. I almost did it. Like two minutes before the deadline, I was sat there with it on my screen, Solanke out, sorry, Slanky in, Watkins out, like ready to click the button and I decided not to. Um, but yeah, held on to Son as well, which was the other thing that I was debating uh, over the past couple of weeks. Good man. Yeah. 
<laughs> to keep Watkins and Son this week when both of them were on the chopping block for me feels good. Feels good. How yeah. about you? Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, slices of luck like that is needed. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of this game is luck, Harry, in the end, at the end of the day, right? So um, swings happen, things happen, but I think it worked out for you. For me, uh, you know, I, it's like, again, I hate to make this an excuse, but uh, very, very busy, like work life week last week. And then mm-hmm. I started to think about it towards the, you know, final deadline day, like, what am I going to do today, basically, right? And I just had, it's like one of those days where I had, like, what's the right word, trigger happy fingers, you know, like, I just wanted to, I, I guess, go for it, right? I mean, you, th- you talk about going for Darwin sounds crazy, like, XG monster, you know, this mm. and that, but sorry, Liverpool fans, let's be real. He's, he's like not there yet, right? His, I was watching this game as a Darwin owner, uh, Harry, I know you're laughing. His first touch is awful. He has no spatial awareness of what's going on around him. You know, he can't finish to save his life. I mean, honestly, he could have, I, I don't know how he missed that uh, crossbar shot. And then, you know, any other striker would at least get the ball on target with that second chance he had where he com- completely fluffed the ball. You know, I don't know if you remember that that moment. But yeah, just really, really frustrating. And I, I tweeted, this is my first time owning Darwin and probably one of the worst experiences I had as an FPL option in a, in a while. Uh, and then, you know, a walk-ins 90-minute goal, just a kick in the butt. So yeah, Saturday, yeah. Saturday, I had a I thought I was on a massive green this week. You know, that's why you got to be very patient and uh, humble when it comes to FPL because I, I had, mm. a, you know, double arsenal defense locked up until the 85th minute. That goes away and everything was a down, downhill spiral after that. So, yeah, I, I think now I'm, I definitely regret it uh, going for Darwin, but uh, now I'm going to need him back for game week 18, certainly. So, um, let's see. Let's see how it goes. I have to assess the next two game weeks before I can make a judgment on whether uh, this impulsive trigger was the right thing to do. Yeah. Darwin's an interesting one. I've always said it. Like He's a player that I'd love to own, and he doesn't really fit my style of playing FPL just because he is like so explosive, but also like feels like such a risk that games like this can happen, whereas I, I know... I know what I'm going to get with Watkins pretty consistently. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with keeping Watkins. I, I We have this conversation always about Darwin. Is that is Klopp happy with a performance like the weekend where he's in the right places, he's getting chances, but he's missing them? Or is he frustrated that it the game goes to the wire because he's missed those chances? I don't know how how Klopp views it. So I look at the game midweek and then at the weekend. And if I had Darwin, I'd be worried about him starting both of those. You know, is Gakpo a more clinical finisher? Potentially. But he does like Darwin. He's spoken highly of Darwin. So I don't quite know what to make of him. Of course, you're you're not selling him with what is probably the best fixture of the the week um, against Sheffield United. But yeah, it's a tough one. He just gets the chances. He's in the right place. And all it takes is... It, is it to go in one game? You know, Haaland missed chances as well, right? So, yeah. yeah. I was talking to Hibble. So, uh, shout out FPL Hibble. Guys, do definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Um, one of the best managers I know. And he was making a... He made the same move. So I kind of 
went to him for support. <laughs> and, he, you know, he basically was saying, like, he's not too worried about him starting this next game against Sheffield because he'll take 30 minutes with Darwin against Sheffield United. I mean, they, they are by far the worst team in the league. So Sheffield United. So, yeah, I'm hoping That's, for a start. Mm -hmm. It's true, but that's such a, like, Darwin owner mentality. That's someone trying <laughs> to make themselves feel... That's someone trying to make themselves feel yeah, better thanks, that their player might get... That the player might get benched like <laughs> completely like it's true but saying that you're happy enough with darwin coming off the bench against Sheffield united i'm not happy with it i'm yeah. trying to support no myself. i'm not saying you are yeah i'm not saying you are but like i understand the mentality to try and make yourself feel better but if like you're not owning players to come off the bench like even against Sheffield united um and if he comes off the bench and he scores you'll think well what could have it been if he had started that game so like i get it i, I still think you'll probably start that game but i don't know yeah. yeah i mean you have to start him if you've got him so so i wrote him and i will move on quick but just we just need to talk about darwin this is what i wrote on my phone yesterday as a, as the game finished terry like literally in my notes and um and i you know i haven't I, I'll, I'll read out what i wrote this is like initial thinking right after like oh, i want to talk about this for the pod i said darwin he's a terrible finisher no vision, lack of touch, heavy passes always, no awareness of offside line, through balls always become long balls. But he's a system player. Liverpool have a great system. You know, number nine, that's making runs all the time. Liverpool, three upcoming good fixtures, at least constantly trying to create chances. Additionally, for no reason at all, me not having ever owned him was more luring for some reason. Watkins potentially missing the game before City and Arsenal. I had to go for it. That was my yeah. sorry excuse, you know. So it is what doing it, it is. for free. I completely yeah, doing it for free. I completely get. But like Liverpool are top this season for um, expected goals, right? They mm. are firing on all cylinders so far this season. They are top. They're above Man City, and yeah, Darwin's playing up front for them. So it's it's a completely reasonable transfer. Is you know backfired massively, but. <laughs> You know, that, things like that happen in this game yeah. and it could be the other way around, right? I have Watkins against Man City this week and yes, they don't have Rodri, but it's still a harder fixture than Darwin going away to Sheffield United who have conceded five to the second worst team in the league in Burnley. So yeah, yeah it could easily swing the other way. My, my last point is, my issue now is that, um, look, I'm patient enough to assess the next two game weeks and look at three game weeks versus um, Watkins' three game weeks. But for example, if Watkins goes yeah. on to do well at home versus Arsenal and, and uh, Man City, Aston Villa are very good at yeah. home, right? Then it's going to be a bunch of points that I'm going to be behind unless Darwin's able to score. And then I, it's an extra chance, two transfers I've used to take him out and bring him back in in 18. So yeah. that's like, that's my worry coming up. And, I, you know, about mm -hmm. to go into fixtures... We have to talk about Chelsea assets. We have to talk about Newcastle assets. Arsenal attacker on our radar now. It's, so there's a bunch of transfers I have to make that that I just didn't think about before I pulled the trigger. Mm. Anyways. Cool. Yeah, so we have here sort of just a Lego Manning fixture ticker. Um, definitely Lego Manning has great fixture charts. Easy to see for the eye. Uh, I thought a couple yeah. of fixtures that stand out is obviously we know Chelsea have 16 through 21. So that's in two game weeks, you know, and by the time two game weeks rolls around, which potentially is this weekend, right? Um, yes, yeah, this weekend. Exactly. When it starts, we'll go away to Everton. Um, I, I need to talk to you about is Cole a serious option like Reese James, 
who's the other uh, are we going to have to load up on Chelsea assets for example Newcastle um, 17 through 19 Fulham Luton and Nottingham Forest great three fixture run right so yeah I know Trippier's on your radar I don't even think I can get to Trippier one way or another without dropping Son or Saka um, and then yeah. Arsenal honestly is very solid fixtures from 15 all the way to 22 now they do have yeah. Aston Villa Brighton Liverpool from 16 through 18 but those are decent attacking fixtures if you're not loaded up mm. on their defense. So uh, I don't, I don't, I think Arsenal is a long-term hold, even if you go for them right now. So yeah. those are the three teams that stood out to me, Harry. And then teams to jump yeah. off, potentially get off the second Arsenal defender, get to a Chelsea or Newcastle defender, whether that be in 15 or 16, but most likely 16. And then mm. because they have a good fixture this game week. And then, you know, you get off Gehi in game week 16 to get to Cole, Lascelles, whoever it may be. So those are the only ones that I think we really need to talk about unless I'm missing anything. No, I think that's similar. The other one is Liverpool, right? I I actually plan on selling Simicaz pretty soon. Um, they aren't like... Sheffield United away, I'm probably going to keep him just in the off chance that he starts it. And if he doesn't start it, then I'll keep him for Palace. But then it's United, Arsenal, Burnley away, Newcastle at home. Like, I'm just going to sell him. Like, I don't want him for those fixtures. So mm-hmm. uh, I might end up keeping Matty Cash um, just because I would rather sell Simicaz because at least Matty Cash is useful for me in the blank. He's got Sheffield United at home that week. Um, so I might end. So Liverpool, Simicaz, I plan on getting rid of. Yeah, Chelsea, after this week, after the United game, it is a really nice run of fixtures. I do still find it difficult to know exactly who to go investing into. I look defensively, and I just don't know who's going to play every week. Yeah. I find it really hard. Um, Kukurea, of course, back from suspension going into midweek. But I don't even think midweek will tell us anything because it's Manchester United away and he'll, he could line up differently in that game to what he does against Everton and Sheffield United. It's not like I think that he's going to... Yeah, so like Kukurea might not start against United because Colwell is better defensively. But when we go into the easy run of fixtures, is he going to play Kukurea at left-back? Who's he going to play as his centre-back pairing? Like Thiago Silva, but he's not going to play every game over Christmas. Reese James at right-back, potentially. Like, maybe the best one. But yeah, so... I still am a little bit concerned about Chelsea. I only look at Sanchez defensively, but we just we do just leak goals um, mm. still. So I don't even know how many clean sheets there's going to be over that time. And the other one was Newcastle. As much as I love Liveramento, he played so well, he, like both he against PSG well. mm-hmm. and then at the weekend as well. I just look at those fixtures, congestion. I'm going to like, I'm not going to know whether I want to play him or bench him every week. Mm. That's the concern. But then I look back and think, well, Dan Byrne played three times a week all the time. He never rested Dan Byrne. So maybe he'll just not rest Livermento and just do the same with him. And maybe he'll just play every week. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I'm a little bit concerned about Livermento. As much as I love him at his price and how well he played at the weekend and last midweek, I don't know. Yeah, don't I mean, know. it's a fair point. I, as as a Livermento owner as well, um, I feel like, Harry, it's... There's no point in thinking about it unless it's to fund, like, for example, you downgrade it to even LaSalle's or even a 3, 4.0 uh, in order to, if you need those funds for something else, or else we, we just, this is something we have, right? And we just stick with it yeah. and 
hope for the best, essentially, because there's too many other transfers I feel like are going to be upcoming that it doesn't seem like a optimal move to go from Newcastle defender to another Newcastle defender, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, looking at the spacing here as well, right? They have a big gap from mon- from the United Saturday to Everton Thursday, in theory, is a big enough gap for Livermore to play both of them or for any of the defenders to play both of them. It's the fact that two days later, they then play Spurs. Like, that is a shorter turnaround. And then it's Milan in the Champions League and, and then Fulham, Chelsea, Luton, Forest. Like, in theory, this is their biggest gap they have left. So... I mean, I'm just going to take the chance on it. I don't really have another option. Um, But yeah, I think they're the only team that have a green spacing this week. Oh, Everton do as well. But all the others have a two or three day turnaround, whereas Newcastle do have a four four day turnaround going into their midweek round of fixtures. So maybe a slight boost for them. The other thing, of course, is Trippier's still on four yellow cards, right? Can he just get booked at some point so I can have one (laughs) game week? where I don't have to stress about how many points Trippier's going to get. Honestly, every single game week, I think I'm doing well. And then Trippier plays and Trippier gets a 12-pointer. And then I'm like, it's not quite as good as I wanted it to be. So if he could just get booked and then I can deal with it. And then I can buy him as well because I don't really want to buy him while he's on four yellows. So yeah, I wanted him to get booked at the weekend, but sadly not. Yeah. One of the issues is if he gets booked in 16 against Tottenham, which is... A pretty decent likelihood right because it always seems like feisty games with Tottenham yeah you're gonna miss out that Fulham fixture um before Luton perfect and- so that means Livermento's destined to start that game I guess that's that's the, the okay, other thing good point yeah it's a good thing about like for from our point of view like the Trippier yellow card is a double whammy because it means Trippier doesn't play and Livermento basically has to play that game mm-hmm. um so yeah I actually don't want him to get it against Everton because then he misses Spurs, and I don't really want Livermento against Spurs. So yeah, we'll have a. We'll, we'll, it's one to keep an eye on. But they have the worst fixture congestion of basically any team mm-hmm. apart from this week. Yeah, where it's actually a little bit better. Yeah. So if you guys look carefully, the fourth team is Newcastle, and then you can see there's a green between United and uh, Everton, which is upcoming, and then it's nonstop, you know, two day turnaround. So uh, as Harry yeah. mentioned, there's going to be a lot of rotation. Hopefully. Hopefully, um, Livermento plays all of them, but yeah, I could easily see a benching. But like with any other yeah. player in like any other team, right? There's just going to be a lot of rotation. Well, exactly. This period. Mm. Exactly. You could say that about most players. So, yeah, yeah. So good to see a lot of familiar faces in chat. Kai makes a good point about Wolves defenders. I think at the end, before Q and A, we'll talk about defenders a little bit, and definitely we'll mention Wolves yeah. defenders. Uh, but before we get to the next one. I just want to shout out, um, I believe the handle is at FPL MF Doom, at FPL MF Doom. Uh, do give him a follow on Twitter if you can. Uh, he's come out with a bunch of charts like this throughout the season, I believe. And it's uh, it's been really pleasing to my eye, right? Like very easy to read, very easy to understand. And sometimes if tables are hard for you to understand, it helps like put it in a Venn diagram, a chart or whatever it may be. So mm. This is basically two charts I'm going to show you by FPL MF Doom. One of them is home and one of them is away. So this one is home and the x-axis, I believe, is XG and then the y-axis is XGC. So it's kind of showing like which teams are good defending and attacking, which teams are good attacking but weak defending, that type of situation, right? So at home, 
Simply put, you can see at the very left bottom is Sheffield United. So Sheffield United. I, yeah, go ahead. So, so I'm looking at this and I have like, I don't know why my YouTube's got like uh, subtitles on because I've got it on like no audio. And like it was covering up Sheffield United. And then I suddenly realized that they were all the way down in the bottom left. God, they have been like conceding yeah. five to Burnley, man. I know they yeah. got a red card, but still, yeah. that's not good. It made me want to invest in Burnley assets. That's how bad they were, right? But I'm also very, yes. you know, that's a joke. I, this is also, I'm very, uh, we have to be careful here, Harry, because there's definitely some Sheffield United fans out there. So, uh, you know, we wish I'm not sure they'll that. say anything more positive. Yeah, they don't <laughs> say anything more positive about their own team, though, I'm sure. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's as clear as day that they're they're a terrible team. Uh, they're a good team. Yeah. They're just not Premier League material. And, you know, maybe a coach sacking might change for a couple of game weeks, but it's the players in the end, and, and they're just not good enough, you know? So Yeah, there's rumors of that happening today. Um, okay. Like, it's all over Sky Sports. They are saying that they expect him to be sacked today, um, yeah. which would mean they go into the Liverpool fixture with either without, probably without a manager. Um, so yeah. even more reason to Captain Salah. Yeah. And uh, this is pretty obvious, right? We all know, uh, you can see in the left bottom quadrant, below average attack, below average defense, by the way, this is at home, is all of the, you know, relegation, not relegation, all of the teams that came up from the championship plus uh, Fulham, Fulham as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I think what stands out is the outstanding advantages for home teams is Arsenal, Newcastle, yeah. Liverpool, and Aston Villa. Aston Villa at home are one of the best in the league this season. And I think we have enough sample size this was before game week 14, so it's only probably going to... They played at home, right, Aston Villa? No, they played away. They played away, So sorry. it won't change them. Okay. So anyways, they're they're very, very good at home, attacking and defensive-wise. So yeah, uh, if this helps you in any way, um, check out M FPL MF Doom. And then let's go to away. So Just, you, just uh -huh. on the home one, there's a couple of things that stand out for me on this. First of all, I mean, it's awful for me to have my goalkeeper playing in a team that's in the bottom left of that, right? So Ariola mm -hmm. in the bottom left for West Ham. The other thing that stands out is Man City. Man City are a below average attack, above average defence, which I'm really surprised at because they're defending so poorly and they still look okay going forward. I'm surprised that they are... I mean, they're not that far, but still, they are, in theory, in terms of home XG, they are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They're like 11th. They're level with Fulham for XG mm -hmm. at home, which is surprising. I put a tweet out, and anyone who saw them, I am not a Doku fan, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a bit... I was bit tongue-in-cheek but i'm also a little bit of a docu hater at the moment right and the reasoning for it is i think it massively decreases holland the rest of city rest of city's team mm -hmm. in particular holland right he is the most selfish player i've seen play for manchester city in a while he's worse than mares ever was he does not know how to pass the ball <laughs> he doesn't know how to cross the ball particularly to holland you see him get the ball running down the wing holland doesn't like holland's just doesn't care like he just knows he's not getting the ball mm. he knows he's gonna run try and take on his man cut inside and shoot like that is what he did he did it 10 times in the first half last game it didn't work 
And after 50 minutes, potentially for a knock, but I think he also just needed to be taken off. Grealish came on. Now, Doku picked up a knock. Grealish is suspended. So who knows who's going to start against um, Aston Villa midweek. But Doku just ruins that City attack a little bit. Um, cuts and shoots. He's greedy the Murrows, exactly. Like in the chat, didn't Doku get five assists against Bournemouth? I mean, he did get a lot of returns against Bournemouth, but he did also score a couple and a couple were rebounds. But I get your point. But yeah, I, Grealish for me is... I'm surprised Pep has gone with Doku so consistently this season. I just feel like Grealish is much more of a... Um, Pep player than Doku is. And one of the... I think the mm. first Spurs goal, or one of them, where Doku was tracking back, and Son got the wrong side of him. If that's Grealish, that goal doesn't go in. Mm. Um, he's better defensively as well. So I am surprised that Pep's gone with him. Maybe he thinks he offers something different, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see this change just a little bit. I like the passion. I haven't seen this hate amount of hate from you in a while, so I appreciate that. Uh, no, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, uh, if you think about Grealish, tough, rough first season, he was amazing last season, you know, basically a sure starter in the team. And then, yeah, it's weird that Doku is starting a lot. But you have to remember, Doku was brought in for a specific reason. He was top five dribbler in the entire Europe top five leagues last season. So I agree. He's a one-trick pony dribbling specialist um, and should be used at times. But maybe you're right. Not not in most games. Uh, maybe he's a better It's just not like mm -hmm. every... It's not every game. Like mm. we looked at the fixture ticker and we thought as as like a collective that like the Chelsea fixture, the Spurs fixture, they were Grealish games and they've dropped points in both of them, starting Doku in both of those games. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think he Grealish gives them much more control. I know we're going off on a horrible tangent here, but I think Grealish gives them so much more control in games. And I, I think we'll see I think we'll see Grealish more. I think yeah. Patton saw it in that first half of that game that it was too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's uh, when when he's locked out, there's no other route for him. So yeah, I, I think Grealish is just a better player, by the way. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. weird for him to, and he also combines so well with Holland. You know, like cut back, cross, yeah, through ball every single time, right? So mm. particularly when there's no De Bruyne as well to play Alvarez in De Bruyne's role and then Doku out wide. I feel like they massively lack creativity yeah, yeah. i understand doku a little bit if you had de bruyne in that midfield role because at least you have that but alvarez is great but he doesn't do what de bruyne does and doku doesn't do what Grealish does so it, yeah i mean harland has been he's been getting returns but he's been a little bit starved yeah. compared to what he normally is yeah nice i agree um Shout out FPL Focal, by the way. Uh, thanks for trying to help the entire community with the news, although I went for Darwin, so that's on you, uh, Oscar. Um, but shout out to FPL Focal. I feel like he's been joining our, our streams quite a, quite a bit, so really appreciate that. Yeah, he wasn't feeling very well over the weekend, so I hope he's feeling better. Um, anything else to add on the home before I move to away, Harry? No, no, not really. Um, I mean, yeah, the teams in the top right are the ones that we'd expect, right? Arsenal, Newcastle, Villa, Liverpool are very, very good at home. So let's have a look at the away one. Okay. Okay, again, this is by FPL MF Doom on Twitter. Um, this is away, uh, away for all teams before game week 14. 
So worst teams are the usual suspects, promoted teams plus Fulham and uh, Nottingham Forest. Sheffield again, you know, right down there alongside Luton away. So, you know, teams yeah. target, as we know, by far, by far, the best team away is Man City. That's confusing, mm. right? Maybe the home fixtures were tougher for Man City so yeah. far. I, I, I haven't done actually analysis there. If anyone wants to help in the chat. Let me have a look. Okay. So at home, they've had Newcastle, Fulham, Forest, Brighton, Bournemouth, Liverpool. Like, not really. Not really. Spurs. Yeah. It's pretty even split. Away, they've had United. They've had Chelsea away, Arsenal away. So actually, if anything, their away fixtures have maybe been more difficult. So this is quite something. Yeah, I don't think that's something yeah. we should just take for take as for granted as in like that's something to mm. consider definitely something to consider because 14 game weeks is enough data to to make an assessment right so maybe something's going on yeah mm. interesting then we've got aston villa the one of the best home teams versus man city the best away team playing against each other midweek so be interesting to see how that game goes yeah. very hard to call i think i i mean i imagine city win it but i don't think it's as straightforward as we'd want particularly because um, Villa rested a lot of key players at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, let's see, in the above um, right quadrant, Arsenal, Brentford, Chelsea, Newcastle, all elite away teams. Brentford in there, by the way. And I think my reasoning is that they play such a solid 5-3-2 that they'll just sit back, sit back, and then they'll get those last 10-minute goals, as we've seen numerous times with Mbomo. And they're just such a good team, yeah. right? So Brentford is up there. Tottenham, Liverpool right there, but they're not as good as the other teams away. Um, so something to take. This is just above average by a little bit, by the way. So it's not like outstanding uh, stats for Tottenham and Liverpool away. Other interesting point that I saw is Brighton are a below average attack, above average defense away, but an above average attack, below average defense away. So something to take into consideration, but also there aren't no... Uh, Brighton assets that stand my words are really fumbling today assets no. that stand out um, today uh, right now yeah I have to say watching that game at the weekend um, against Chelsea they they looked all over the place um, yeah was not impressed with them at all we of course as Chelsea are we don't we don't do simple games of football at the moment right um, mm. it's for well, our last four games have been 4-1 four, 4-1 four, Four one and three two, right? There's no simple match of football going on with Chelsea involved at the moment. So we'll see what happens against Manchester United midweek because that could be another one. Um, yeah, I mean the key thing that I see here is right Arsenal again. Arsenal look like an elite team mm. home and away at the moment. They looked so good at the weekend mm -hmm. in the first twenty minutes of that game in particular, and I don't think it's a surprise, right? Mm -mm. Odegaard back, Jesus back. It, as I, as we said. Saka said, Saka said that he's been doubled up on too much this season. But Odegaard and Jesus coming back in means the defenders have got to mark them as well now. And Saka gets his first goal that we've seen since September for him. So, yeah, I am very pleased with Saka. Just on Arsenal, a few people have gone on Martinelli. His returns have dried up like nothing this season. They, he is not at the same level we saw before. And given how good the rest of Arsenal look, I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised by that. If you had Martinelli, they'd go away to Luton midweek. Could we see Trossard play there? Like, would you keep Martinelli or would you just get rid of him? Like, he hasn't returned in what feels like weeks now. 
Uh, do you think he played a good game? I mean, I watched the game, but I want to know your opinion on it. I mean, he did hit the post, right? And if that goal goes in, maybe we say something different. But he hasn't returned. Hang on. He hasn't returned since game week eight, where he got mm-hmm. he scored against City. But Saka He's and Odegaard... two returns. Mm-hmm. Saka and Odegaard, Three returns this, this is season. their first return since game week seven as well. So it, it might oh, be coming. First goal. First goal. First goal. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. But Saka is so clever. Saka is so involved still. Yeah. I'm yeah. so happy I bought him this week. I hate not owning him. Yeah. Um, good timing, by the way. But yeah, Odegaard. Yeah, Odegaard. Put, I did, to be fair, I needed an excuse not to buy him. And Odegaard and Jesus being injured kind of gave me that excuse. Um, but yeah, Odegaard looked really good as well. I'm, their defensive fixtures over the next few are difficult, Arsenal. I mean, they go away to Luton this week, which is good. But then away to Villa, Brighton, Liverpool. Arteta has a press conference today. If Tommy Asu is injured, does that make Zinchenko a really, really good asset at 5.1? Because he then doesn't have like, who are they going to play there instead of him? Surely he's then nailed. And then with his attacking output, he's then a better pick than Gabriel and a better pick than Saliba. If Tommy Asu is injured, who was the big one, who was the big risk yeah. for him not starting? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I think Tomias is a brilliant asset. I think he's. Uh, if someone went for him, I think it's a good idea. Like, I'm not no, fault. I mean uh-huh. Zinchenko, because if Tommy Tomiyasu went off injured at the weekend, I, I meant so, to say Zinchenko, not not Tomiyasu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it's. I think he's a good asset. And when we get to the Arsenal section, I'll kind of explain why I think that as well. Because um, uh, he did really well playing that inverted forward uh, wing back role yesterday, um, but. I'm very curious to see if Tomias is not injured because I think he was a key player in yesterday's game as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm interested to see that press conference this afternoon. Um, I mean, I don't think I'll use a transfer on it, but if if they don't have any other fullbacks apart from Zinchenko and Ben White, Zinchenko's output has been so good recently. Another assist. I mean, he was at fault for the goal, but yeah, I'm really looking at him. Really looking at him. Okay, so before we get to Arsenal, I think we should talk about the the keeper situation. Um, yeah, it's not a secret; everybody knows. Uh, Pope is apparently out for a while. Who knows mm-hmm. how long? I, I, I do you think is it is this trustworthy? I know it was like so all par- over Twitter. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't know if it's my connection, but my. I keep like lagging from you, but I think it might be me. But hopefully the stream hasn't noticed me or you lagging. If someone could just let us know that we're both fine on stream, that's all that matters. Um, yeah, so apparently Pope's apparently is dislocated. I mean, we haven't had it confirmed, but after the game, Eddie Howe said he thought it was dislocated. We won't get a Newcastle press conference before the deadline. It will likely be on Wednesday because they play Thursday evening. So we probably won't get an update, which is a little bit annoying. Straight away, everyone wanted Dubravka, and so did I. And now there's a lot of links to them going and getting another keeper. If it is dislocated, he's going to miss three months. Do Newcastle want to just go and buy, you know, or go and get a goalkeeper? Originally, there was talk about Ramsdale, but I'm not sure Arsenal will want to do that. Mm. But then there's lots of links on De Gea now. And De Gea is a free agent. Now, they, in theory, can't register De Gea until January the 1st, but it is possible, we've seen it before, that Premier League allow, in case of injuries, 
teams to sign <clears throat> teams to register players outside of January and the summer. So that does concern me a little bit that we might, even if we only get to January, is that long enough to go and buy Dubravka? So I'm not quite as hot on it as maybe as I thought I was this time yesterday. Mm. He is 3.9, uh -huh. but like Everton away, they've kept one away clean sheet so far this season and it was against Sheffield United. Then it's Spurs away. And then, and then they do have Fulham, Luton, Forest, which are the three nice fixtures that they've got the, for the remainder of, you know, the month. So it can work, but it's just if they, if they, you know, let's say they sign De Gea and it becomes a, an issue straight away, then that's my concern. But I do worry that they'll do something in January. Yeah. which only gives you like five weeks of him then. Okay, so let's let's state the positives, right? The positives are uh, we can't buy a clean sheet keeper-wise this season. So you bring in the starting keeper for, you know, one of the best defending teams in the league. And then the rotation yeah. with Areola is fantastic. You can see all the red yeah. marks at the bottom. Like basically you can play both of them constantly, right? So it's a great rotation for a very cheap price. I mean, what's not to like yeah. there? But, but mm -hmm. to caveat that mm -hmm. is that if they do do something in January, that rotation only works up until game week twenty two. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Only works. It only works for eight weeks. Um, if they do something in January, so I saw someone else post this and like it looked really nice, and I looked at it as well. But you are assuming that they don't do anything in January, which would mean which would mean the Newcastle fixtures from game week twenty two onwards are null and void. I mean, my first question to you there is, isn't 15 through 21 enough game weeks to make that transfer worth it? Um, possibly, mm -hmm. probably. But my, my then my other thought was, do I need to do it this week? Right. If I'm not sure they keep a clean sheet away at Everton, then it spurs when I don't plan on playing him anyway. If I go into game week 17 and I still think he's a, a good asset, I will also have much better information on what he's going to do what they're going to do with a backup or a replacement and whether it's a good long-term option or not. So I don't know if I'm going to do it this week now because if I only if I only want him really in 17, 18, 19, like, yes, he's better than Ariola this week, but is he that much better? Like, Everton have been pretty good recently. That's my concern. Do I need to do it for this week? Do I think they keep a clean sheet against Everton to force it this week? I think they're that much better to do it this week. Uh, uh, my first thought, initial thought there, but I, I, you do have a mm. point. I, I think the okay. So we see we see what's obvious here, right? Now let's talk about the skepticism with this transfer, right? As you mentioned, first thing is De Gea signing and and potentially you know a, a keeper signing in January. Second thing would yeah. be: is it actually out for four to five months, or are we not sure? We're, we're, are we not yeah. sure until? as you mentioned, the Wednesday presser, which won't tell you a lot because Eddie Howe never tells you the truth, right? So whatever he says, I wouldn't even read into, to be honest. And then the last two questions I have is, first of all, does the defense get weaker without Pope? Like we've seen with Liverpool mm. and Allison. I don't think so as much as you, um, as much as like a Liverpool situation. Yeah, um, yeah so I agree. You agree? Okay. Yeah, I think Allison being out is much worse than Pope being out. Okay, fair. And then my second question is, if you do go for Dubrovka, 
that's you locking yourself out one Newcastle spot. And yeah. so you have to be for sure that there's not going to be three other better Newcastle spots that r- arise very soon because we're going to want Newcastle assets. The ones that stand out to me right now are Trippier, Gordon. We have either Lascelles or Livermento. So that's already three defenders. You know, are you going to double up on their defense? Are you going to go crazy and triple up? I doubt it. So yeah. it's two defender yeah. spots. What if Isaac, what if, you know, Wilson become viable options as they are now uh, soon again? So even yeah. Almiron's right there, right? So there's a bunch of question marks I have with this transfer. And I feel like one day deadline might not be enough time for us to really process this thinking unless you're in a position of like two free transfers mm-hmm. luxury and, and you just make the move from Turner to Dubrovka uh, and not yeah. not think too much like we're, we're thinking right now. But yeah, it's a tough one, I feel. Yeah, I, I, I would add, yeah, to our ske- my skepticism. I, so I'm a Livermento owner. And if you're a Livermento owner or a Lascelles owner, I think it becomes more difficult to go and buy Dubrovka. If you don't have Livermento or Lascelles, I think Dubravka in is a very straightforward transfer mm. over those, even for the next four. However, if I buy Livermento, if I've got Livermento and then I buy Dubravka, I know I want Trippier at some point and I know I'll probably want Gordon at some point, but I can't have all four of them. So it's another transfer to either sell Livermento, sell Dubravka later or not going for either Gordon or Trippier. So that's part of the reason why I'm not 100% certain on it just because i know there's three other assets from newcastle that i want if you don't have livermento or or lascelles and you've just got trippier or you've just got gordon then like great like full steam ahead go for it yeah i think yeah no it's good you well summarized um if if you have livermento and you go to trippier later I, I don't. I don't think that's a bad move, right? It's a. You're going from a. You're, if you look individually at the two assets without the team factor, you're going from a. You're going to a better pick, right? But it's just that like transfers are scarce, and what you do around yeah. the next few game weeks are important too. So it doesn't feel great to go from Newcastle to Newcastle uh, defender. One one question to you: If you have Trippier, would you do that uh, Dubravka move without a doubt? You would, yeah. Yeah. If I had Trippier and no cheap defender, I'd do it straight away. Yeah. Because I am gonna, I might end up on triple Newcastle defense if I do it. Because I'll want Trippier soon. And then I'll keep Livermento. And then I'll have Dubravka. And I'm not going to... It basically means I'm never going to want to play Livermento. Because I'm not really going to want to play triple Newcastle defense. Like, I'm not that person to do that with any team. So... Yeah, that's my concern. I'm just going to get to a position where I've got three assets who are really good and I actually don't want three because I'm not going to want to play them. So I wonder if generally it's a good option, but I wonder if it doesn't fit my team. Yeah, actually, as I'm speaking to you, it's like coming together. You're right, because I have the opportunity to hop off uh, Saliba or or Gabriel, as well as Gehi, who are probably the guys that I would transfer out in order to get to Mm. a trip year at some point, right? So... Yeah, uh, definitely a factor to consider. Mm. Mm. Okay. So yeah, I think in conclusion, he's definitely a good option if you need a goalkeeper, particularly until the end of the calendar year, right? But is it... I mean, I'll make a goalkeeper transfer at some point over the next three weeks, but I don't know if it'll be um, Ariola. 
sorry, I don't know whether it'll be Dubravka or I might go Sanchez still. Yeah. Yeah, Magic 69 has Trippier and Gordon. I mean, beautiful. You, that's Dubravka transfer right in your right in your eyes, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I think uh, 45 minutes already. So we wanted to talk Ooh. about Arsenal a little bit. Um, mm. Basically, I thought Arsenal were, were fantastic. And, you know, yeah. there's potential for their attack... I mean, it looked like the Arsenal of last year, right? And uh, there's a couple things I want slides I want to show um, before. I mean, I can ask you first. What what did you think about Arsenal in general, Harry? Yeah, so I think we've seen them, and we've been a bit skeptical of them. Fair enough. Like the data's not been great so far this season. They've not been nearly at the races as good as we thought they'd been. However, at the weekend, with all their players back fit. They looked back to the team that we had triple on last season. Mm. And they've got the fixtures coming up that we have to consider if it's you know time to do the same. Odegaard is going to play every game between now and you know the end of January where their fixtures look fantastic. Saka will likely do the same. Their defenders will miss one game max probably. So if they play like that every week, I want three of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I they're think, a better uh, team to. They're a better team to invest. They're the best team in the league to invest in if they play like that every week. Yeah, the only point I will make there is that uh, still I would like to see a little more sample size before assessing like whether double defense yeah. is better or double attack is better. Uh, regardless, I think we yeah. both agree we want three Arsenal assets in our team no matter what, right? And Saka is probably the first yeah. choice, uh, and then a defender is the second choice. So who that third option becomes is a question mark. So I don't. So when going back to your Martinelli question for Martinelli owners, I don't think it's like such a bad situation you're in. There were situations where he could have scored yesterday, one or two like good chances, and maybe they turn it around and he starts to fire um, starting this game week. So I, I think patience is the right keyword for Martinelli. Um, first things first. But what we have here, um, yeah. if you can see, Harry, is... Mm -hmm. basically four slides highlighting what i personally saw um again i'm not a football coach and you know fpl and tactics don't really always work in sync but i thought the one difference yesterday i saw was tomiyasu's positioning and i was wondering why he was like playing so high all the time and normally when you think of arsenal i think everybody knows this is that zinchenko plays that inverted midfield role right and last year that mm -hmm. allowed Saka to get up and sort of you know why why they were missing Saka so much early in the season right but this game actually they had two at the back Saliba and Gabriel and Tomiyasu and Zinchenko both played inverted uh, wing back roles and that's like a first time I've seen it in a while Arsenal fans you can correct me if I'm wrong and so it also not only does that make me feel a little more confident that if they continue to play this way, maybe Gabriel and Saliba continue to start. But basically, Tomiyasu was also playing this Zinchenko role, right? And why that why that helps Arsenal's attack is that when Saka gets the ball out wide, there's constantly two people getting on Saka. And he would find Jesus, and then they would always make that third run into the box, whether that be Tomiyasu, whether that be Saka again, whether that be Odegaard. 
it was they were always looking for this pattern of play, right? So you can see here Saka on the right, and then you know Tomiyasu is starting to move. This is when Saka scored. So he played, passed the ball to Jesus. Tomiyasu received the ball, and Saka made that you know third, fourth run into the box. Same thing here. Uh, this is Odegaard's goal. You can see this two v one situation with Kilman up top. I think it's Trossard and Martinelli versus Kilman. This is like just random moments throughout the game. Again, Saka 1v2. You know, you get an open Trussard, you get Odegaard. Tomiyasu in the box, basically, uh, once again. Mm -hmm. And then, again, last slide I'll show you. Same thing I saw. These are all different parts of the first half, and there's plenty more if I want to pick it out. And, and so, yeah, if Tomiyasu is back and they're continuing to play these, like, two inverted forward roles, I think it'll help the attack yeah. quite a bit. Basically, they're overloading each side, and it also helps Rice, too, because because the wingbacks are so close to Rice, like if one side doesn't work, they would swing the ball to the other side really easily as well. So I, I don't know. This is what I saw. I feel like there was a little something different in the defense this game, hence why the maybe the attack sort of did well. Yeah. It's not like Wolves don't know this. They, they played a pretty low block as well. But uh, yeah, they were just caught caught a lot on the on the second and third pass. So, yeah. Mm. This thought. picture, just like Saka being doubled up on, is just like exactly what the concern has been so far this season. Mm. It's like every team just putting two men on him. The thing I would, yeah. So Tommy Asu's a really interesting one. He is four point five, but if he had, if he was tired, if he had a knock, like they play Luton on Tuesday evening. Like I just can't. I just feel like Ben White is just going to start that game. Mm -hmm. So I can't advise buying Tommy Asu this week when I just think Ben White will play that game. And then after that, it's then Villa away, Brighton, Liverpool. So mm. I'd rather just wait till game week 19 to get more information on him. But if he keeps playing, then I yeah, think, he looks I, really good. He's I think, so involved. I think the point here, Harry, is I'm not saying buy Tomiyasu. That's the last thing I'm saying. I, I'm saying that if they keep playing this way, It'll make the attacking yeah. options better. And yeah, it's, Zinchenko is just the better option than Tomiyasu by far, right? Mm -hmm. We saw Tomiyasu and Zinchenko get an assist this game, by the way. So yeah. um, I, there was reasons to it. I, I feel like it was their positioning. Uh, and it helped unlock Saka a little bit because we're so accustomed to seeing Saka double man marked in on the side. But these runs, underlapping, overlapping, whatever, half-space runs allows for him to make the pass to Jesus, then make that move into the box where he's got a couple of shots and Odegaard was free uh, as well. So yeah, potentially a game changer in terms of how they play moving forward. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think the other thing to add on this game is Trossard. Trossard played the eight this game. And as a Chelsea fan, he's so much better than Kai Havertz. Yeah. Um, Trossard in that eight, alongside Odegaard, right? So they're only playing Rice deep because all the others are basically injured. Party's injured and Jorginho is about 45 years old now. So obviously he's not going to be starting for Arsenal. So an Odegaard-Trossard eight combination with a front three of Jesus, Martinelli, Saka is so much better than what we've seen. Like we've seen Odegaard be out then playing Havertz in the eight behind Nketiah like with two defensive midfielders on the pitch, like Rice and Jorginho, mm. the switch up for their attacking play to, for the lineup now compared to what we saw before the international break is massive. Mm. And Trossard is so good. So I don't good. know whether 
he's going to be a buy at any point, but he is should be in that Arsenal team. He play if he, get, he goes to basically any other team in the league that isn't Man City. He plays every week. He yeah. deserves to be in that Arsenal team. He's six point five million as well. Yeah. Um, I'm probably not going to buy him, but you know, zero point seven eight xgi at the weekend, zero point five against Brentford, zero point eight against Burnley. Like his numbers when he starts games are really, really good. So he's definitely one I'm keeping my eye on. He would be a massive differential if he just keeps his place. He's so good. He deserves it. He's so good. And yeah. such an elegant footballer, you know? Like, his first touch mm-hmm. is, you know, Darwin times 50, right? That's how good he is with the ball. So, yeah. Uh, Him and Odegaard in that midfield area together must mm-hmm. be a nightmare to play against. There was a situation in the first half where, like, Odegaard made a tough... Maybe it was Odegaard. Someone made a tough cross. Somehow, uh, Trossard touched it and almost had a... Had a one-on-one chance, but the keeper got the ball early on. And I go back to this uh, photo here, exact same thing happened. Saka got the ball and then, you know, it was like the third pass that that led to Trossard getting an open chance. So yeah, I agree. If Trossard was a sure starter, he would be on everyone's radar, certainly. Yeah, I want to see an Arsenal like um, heat map from the weekend because on that pitch you've got up, he's basically playing up front alongside Jesus. Um, Who? So I wonder if, Trossard. Um, mm. I mean, my picture's a bit blurry, um, but yeah, if he's going to play that far forward, then yeah, yeah, I mean, he could be a really, really nice differential um, going forward. Let me just get... Yeah, maybe he was sec- playing sort up. of almost second striker and then Martinelli left wide, huh? Martinelli guard. I mean, average position says no, but I would have to look at their heat map. I mean, he's just playing more central. I mean... It's not quite as that picture makes it look better than I think it was, but he's probably the second most advanced player. Mm. So, yeah, I want to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. Anyways, I, I thought that was just fun, fun observation to see. I feel like uh, yeah. I haven't seen this second inverted situation, wing back yeah. situation with Arsenal. So, Tommy, also, uh, as someone mentions in the chat, is in fantastic form. So, uh, Bradley Binho mentions that. So, yeah, we'll see. Mm. Cool. Okay. Um, should we go to bus teams or you want to talk about defenders? No, bus teams. Okay. Oh, you go first. Okay. So, guys, uh, by the way, please do subscribe to the FF Scout channel. I know we have a lot of people in, in the uh, watching the video today, so really appreciate it, guys. Uh, please do hit the like button and... Um, help support the FF Scout channel, as well as all, all, the, all the other videos, um, lots of great pundits, as well as people who t- put in the time and effort to you know, do these videos for, for you guys. So hope you're enjoying today's video. For the pod listeners, I have Ariel. Go ahead. No, go on. I was just going to say, just as we read our bus teams out, if you guys in the chat could just let us know like what transfers you're making this week, because I'm interested to see... I think there's a lot of defensive moves going on this week, but I don't know who people are buying. I imagine a lot of people are buying Poro. Um, but yeah, if you could just let us know like who you're planning on selling and buying. Is it just a Bravka? Um, but we'll have a look at them after. So I have Ariolo in goal. In defense, Livermento, Gabriel, Saliba. Five in the midfield. Mboemo, Son, 
best player in the world, Saka, Palmer, and Salah. And up top, I've got Holland and oh, Darwin against Sheffield. Please start. On the defense, I've got Turner uh, on the bench, Turner, Gahey, Taylor, and Archer. So I think I'm going to roll. I think I'm going to roll and have two transfers the for the following week because I think the starting lineup is fine. I mean, I was thinking about Turner to Dubrovka, but I have Livermento. I'm not even sure if Livermento is going to start. That's a worry there. You know, I have mm. a decent first bench member in Gehi, so unless I see a... He'll come on, though. Livermento, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Captain C's yeah. on Salah right now. It's hard to ignore the Sheffield fixture, but yeah. could also move to Holland easily just because, uh, you know, Aston Villa high line. So, yeah. That's where I'm at. I think what I'm worried about is in game week 16. Yeah, 16 would be a Chelsea transfer and 17 potentially a Newcastle transfer. So those are the two booked-in transfers as well as game week 18 mm -hmm. is I need to get Watkins back. So there's fund issue here too. I'm very, very tight on money from Darwin to Watkins. So I have to be alert. Yeah. So that's three transfers I need to book in 16, 17, 18. So maybe a hit's going to be coming soon uh, with 18 blank in mind. Who knows? Mm. But so I think the best thing to do is to roll this week is, is what I'm thinking. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I'm set up very similar to you. Um, yeah. Gehi first on your bench is interesting. Mm. Um, but I can't fault the players you're starting over him, right? Um, I did put a tweet out like last week saying, I'm not sure Palace will keep another clean sheet until February. That's one game down against West Ham that they haven't. Um, this was probably their best bet, this Bournemouth at home fixture. But Bournemouth are scoring goals. So just without like Eze, they lack control as well. So I don't completely hate it. Yeah, rolling makes sense. Um, like I do think a, a goalkeeper transfer at some point. Like, are you happy with Ariola? Like, I need, like, I'm playing, I feel like I'm playing with 10 players every single week. Every single one of the goalkeepers that I've, I've owned this season has outscored my goalkeeper rotation this season. So Pickford, Ariola, and Turner all have more individual points than I have points to my goalkeepers this season. Okay, so, okay. Let, it's let, dreadful. Let, can, let, can you help me break this down right now? So let's say I do Turner to Dufrafka, do, do okay? Yeah. So let's say I do that. Then which I can do, okay? So, and then in game week 16, I would want another Chelsea asset. So let's say that's yeah. either Reese James or Colwell. Do you think Colwell's is perfectly fine as an asset? No. Okay, so who do you that's think? Why, that's, why, that's why I think I might buy Sanchez. But then Dubravka is the cheap route that frees me up money to do what else I want with my team. That's the concern that... I can just go like, yeah, Dubravka, and then I have money elsewhere. I can get Trippier, for example. But Sanchez, I just feel like is a safer option. Um, but I feel like at some point, you, you can't, I feel like we can't just go like Ariola until like February. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, I will change one of my keepers before the end of the year. I don't necessarily think it's Dubravka this week. But if you're booking transfers in 17, 18, 19, or 16, 17, 18, like that means that you're keeping Ariola like all that way. 
Um, okay, no, okay. Which, so I, I agree. I don't want Ariola anymore. I, I like. I would like to get rid of him. But there's two routes here. The first route is disregarding Sanchez. Okay. So if I go, mm-hmm. if I do Dubrov, turn it to Dubrovka this week. Next yeah. week, I want a Chelsea asset potentially. So without mm-hmm. Sanchez, who would be the second asset I would get after Palmer? In your opinion, don't go Sanchez. Just probably just well, brainstorming. It, de- mm. it depends when you're buying it. Because if you could wait until after Everton, then I think it's maybe Colwell. But if Colwell doesn't start them, then it's probably Reese James. Yeah, but I need, Everton's I need, the game at the weekend. I need to make the move because double Arsenal defense in 16 is not looking good. Yeah, complex. So, yeah, and then 17, I would want a Newcastle asset. I can't even get to Trippier without a hit. And then 18, I need to buy Watkins back. So mm-hmm. it's quite complicated. The second route would be forget about Dubravka. I have Livermento. Get to Sanchez, as you mentioned, next game week. Mm. And then, uh, and then go from there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Mi- yeah. I'm. I'm one transfer. I'm one transfer. I'm lacking one transfer from not taking a hit, basically. Yeah, if you know. What so I think it's okay. I, I imagine most of us will take a hit between now and the end of the year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of swings. There's a blank, or they'll use their free hit. I think not many of us will get to the end of the year with a free hit intact without taking a minus four at some point. So yes, you might take it one week, but other people will take it over the following weeks. So I don't think it's the end of the world. I agree. I agree. I think a lot of people are saying why, why Chelsea defense. I, I have two, uh, basically two spots that are worth taking out. The other spots I don't need to take out. And that happens to be one Arsenal defender and one gay, one Gehi. So that's why I'm yeah. talking about all these other defender options that, have these fixture mm. swings basically so okay nice we'll definitely consider the Dubrovka option mm. okay we have your team up Harry cool um, yeah so my team's pretty similar I only the only differences I really have is I have Simicast versus your Saliba and then I have Watkins versus your Darwin um, so Watkins is staying and I've only got one transfer right um so what and one point, yeah, one point five in the bank. Um, if I could do what, if I could do Trippier in for cash, I would, but I can't. I could do Poro in, mm. but I don't know who I'd sell. I like, I probably would sell cash, but the more I look at it, the more cash is just very useful from game week eighteen onwards. Like game week eighteen, he has Sheffield United at home. Game week twenty, he has Burnley at home. Then he has Everton, Sheffield United away. That I'm not rushing to sell him because I don't know who I'd buy in his place. The only one I'd buy is Poro. I do like him, but I don't know who I'd bench this week. Probably Livramento. Mm-hmm. Probably. This is the only transfer that I look at, but then I don't know if it's that useful like going forward. Whereas if I don't do it this week, then I'll sell Simicast. And selling Simicaz is a better long-term move for me than selling cash because Simicaz, after this week, basically has no use in my team, whereas cash does. So Poro in for cash is better for this week 
but not making the transfer I feel is better for my team in like game week 18 onwards. So at the moment, I'll probably roll. But it's possible I do a goalkeeper transfer and it's possible that I do Poro in. But yeah, I think I just want to get back to the point where I've got two free transfers again. Um, I felt very comfortable over the past few weeks. And then I suddenly got to this week just gone where I had a lot of issues to fix and I had two transfers to do it and I was fine. So, mm. yeah, Alex says cash isn't useful if he's not starting. To be fair, I think him not playing at the weekend was a rest and he's on four yellow cards. I don't think he's dropped, but that's always a concern, right? But I don't think they've dropped cash. But he did play 45 minutes against Spurs and then was benched. But I don't think he's been dropped. Yeah, so a couple of things for you going for you here is that you have two free transfers which is probably why you're maybe forcing yourself no one oh you have one okay okay yeah yeah that's different so in that in that case maybe you don't need to make a transfer like the thing you're betting on here is cash starting in 18 if you do if he yeah. does amazing amazing position for you to be in because i don't think a lot of people are going to be free hitting in, in game week 18 even though there's clear reasons why game week 18 is a decent week to free hit I just think the general. I think, uh -huh. I think it will be bigger than we've seen game week eighteen being in previous seasons. I mm -hmm. think there'll be more people than we want, right? Because people do have City, people do have Brentford, plus Liverpool play against Arsenal right. as well. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of investment in that match and in the players who blank. Whereas you have Spurs at home to Everton, you've got like Newcastle playing Luton, you've got Villa against Sheffield United. A lot of people have sold their Villa assets. A lot of people now only have one Spurs. I think I don't think it'll be like massive, but I think it'll be you know ten fifteen percent. Yeah, I, I like I agree. There's if you do like a if you go on a what's oh, uh, uh, if you do expected points and you have a free hit team versus what your team what my team looks like in game week eighteen. I'm sure that there's a big difference, right? I, my team in game yep. week eighteen looks really bad, but that's most people's cases as well. And there's also the fact that last few seasons, there's just been a bunch of uh, blanks in double game weeks. And I don't think there's mm -hmm. that many this season um, upcoming. So, yeah, potentially you'll see a bigger margin of players using their free hit in 18. But I don't think that many will use it in 18, mm -hmm. I think. But, yeah, having cash in 18 will be very helpful. I, I don't know what point I was trying if to he, make. Mm. Yeah, if he plays, though. If there plays. is concern that he doesn't. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was dropped. Like, they were no better defensively with him out of the team at the weekend. But he'll play right back. He won't play, like, right midfield, which is where we have seen him in recent weeks. But him playing at right back will... Um, it's actually better for him. He also doesn't play... Like, Kamara didn't play at the weekend, who plays, like, defensive midfield for them. And he fills in when Cash goes forward. And he didn't play at the weekend. He doesn't want to line up with Cash in the team with Kamara not in the team, if that makes sense. So Kamara didn't play. He played zero minutes and Cash didn't start as well. So if Kamara comes back in, which we expect him to, then I hope Cash comes back in. But hmm. yeah. I think next game... A few next... people asking about... Go for it. There you go. I think next week we should do a... Uh, we should make a free hit 18 team and sort of compared to where we are now, even though yeah. it's really yeah. tight. Um, 
because I'm, I'm just looking at it now and uh, yeah, maybe there's we're one or two injuries or not non-starters away from potentially pulling the trigger. Hmm. People are saying, oh, um, game week 18 could be an opportunity to rest cash. They don't have much fixture congestion, Villa. Um, they play Sheffield United at home on the Friday. Then four days later, they play United. Then four days later, they play Burnley. And that's after a week off. They play Sunday, then they play Friday, Tuesday, Saturday, and then they have another week off. Like three games at one time is okay for them. Um, I'm not massively concerned about him being rested. I am, of course, more concerned about him being dropped. But I don't know. I think I might end up holding on to him um, and rolling this transfer this week. Max, uh, let's do a Q&A, guys. If you have any questions, we'll do a couple of questions. Uh, Max TT asks, what is the plan for Salah, Sun, and Buemo going to African and Asian Cup in January and February? My friend, mm. I have we have too many other worries to wor- worry about right now that let's, when we get closer to no, that I'm, time, I'm, you're already considering? I mean, I'll, I'll likely sell in Burmo for the blank mm-hmm. in 18 because I need more players in 18. Plus, then he has Wolves, Palace, and then goes away to the African mm-hmm. Cup of Nations. So, I'll likely sell him then. Salah and Son, I don't quite know. Um, I mean, they'll have to go, but like I've got so much value in them now. That's what's really annoying. Like I've got 0.6 in Salah and like 0.4 in Son as well. That if I sell them, I mean, I'm going to have to because they could be gone for like three or four weeks. So at least one of them will have to go. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But they'll probably, I mean, one of them at least will have to go. United have really good fixtures over that run. We're all going to be buying Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. But, yeah, they'll go. I don't know quite who for yet. But, yeah, they'll probably go. Well, that's not that far away. No. All right, so next week we do Game Week 18 free hit. And let's start considering the African Asian Cup as well. Did we miss some super chats? Did we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah from Gordix Hair. You were in Trippier and Gordon. Is getting to Bravka too much? Uh, no, I actually really like. I think if you own, if you don't own Lascelles and you don't own Livermento, then Dubravka is a really nice transfer. Um, it's if you own those cheap ones, it might lock you into something else. Um, K asked best Chelsea defender from game week sixteen onwards: Colwell or James? I probably would say James because I'm not certain on Colwell. I don't know if you disagree. I just don't I was like Kukure. I just about think it. might get some minutes. I wanted you to convince yeah. me that Colwell's minutes safe, but apparently not. If if I was going to buy Colwell, I'd want to wait until after 16. It's Everton away as well, right? It's not okay. even like, yes, it's green, but I'd want to wait until after that game. Because he might favour Kukurea in a game like that. Then you can buy for game week 17, which is Sheffield United at home. And that's when you really want them. So, uh, by the way, a lot of questions about Wolves. So I think we should touch on Wolves before we end Mm -hmm. the stream. Um, Mark A asks, is it worth getting Huang for Diaby or Palmer? And then someone earlier was talking about Wolves' defence as well. My my assessment of Wolves is they're sort of a, like, you know, 
you're just kind of picking out of a pot and it's sort of random what you're going to get. Like in general, you're going to get decent performances, but you could also mm. get them shut out by Arsenal as we've seen. Granted, it is Arsenal. So uh, I think it's a, it's a risk, but it's also not a bad decision if you go for him against Burnley, Nottingham, West Ham, Brentford, Everton coming up. So Huang is also, you know, one of the top scorers in the league so far. So it's somewhat sustainable, I would also say. Yeah. What I would add, though, is you are buying a team, a player from a team you don't expect to score many goals. Exactly. Naturally, FPL assets from teams that score goals is better. And also, Neto's not back yet. So, although the next two are Burnley Forest, they have been worse without him in the team. Mm-hmm. So, if Neto was there, then I would really like Huang. Um, but I just worry about their creativity. That being said, Cunha, if you need a cheap forward, is probably the best at the moment. He's 5.6. If you need a cheap option to go and allow something else in your team, then I don't hate it at all. Yeah. Um, but they're just not, for me, like you've got to expect with them. They are what they're going to be. They're never going to be explosive. Yeah. They're agree. never going to go and get you double-digit returns. You'll be happy with a 5 to a 7, 8-pointer in a game. Cool. Okay. So, guys, appreciate uh, everyone joining. Um, Harry, any final words? No. FPL back tomorrow. We'll be back. We won't have a pre-game week 16 episode. Um, we'll be back next uh, Monday with an episode after the next two round of fixtures. So, hopefully, we'll have lots to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. Good luck this game week. Good luck to you, Darwin owners, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.